Hello, welcome to Train of Thought. My name is Rob Tobias. With me today are Noah Camrat and John Bowman. Welcome, you guys. Uh, thank you, Rob. You two, I know you two from a band named Satori Bob, but you're here to talk about something else. Tell me about it. We are. Uh, uh, it's actually been a very interesting development about, um, I think, February or January. Uh, Noah here... Um, who's been playing bass with me for a number of years in Satori Bob and in trios and things, uh, said we should start a, uh, a Tom Waits tribute band. And we'd been doing a little bit of Tom Waits in our in our uh, live performances and always had fun with it. So um, we started putting together a wish list of people we wanted in the band. We ended up with um, two other members who were in uh, one, one of our versions of Satori Bob, and that was... Uh, uh, Devin Newman, who played banjo with us primarily in the other band, but here he has uh, reinvented himself. He plays uh, marimba and plays large metal objects that he's he's putting together in true weighty in fashion. Large metal objects. Large metal objects. Yeah, he's got a friend who's a welder, so he gets these big hunks of metal and bangs on them with big hammers, and uh, not all the time, just you know for effect. He's an un unusual character, Tom. I mean, obviously great songwriter, yes. and, yeah. but very dramatic, and and there's there's sort of a uh, and he's an actor. I know he's been in a bunch he of is. films, and he his is. performances. Yeah, he always seems like he. I mean, I don't know. Is he in character when he's performing? Is that really who he is? Do you think? Uh, I th I think that that's that's a great question. I think that he probably is whatever character he is adopting. At least in the first part of his career, that was true. He was the troubadour, the piano player, the drunk jazz guy, and uh, you know smoking cigarettes till all hours of the night. And that was what he was trying to cultivate. Was that was that archetype, that character, the the bohemian, the beatnik. Um, he was really affected by. Um, the beatnik culture, sort of the hippie culture, kind of bypassed him, or he did. He bypassed it, but he was very affected by Bukowski and uh, Ginsberg and all the great uh, beatnik poets. And being raised in Southern California, he was exposed to a lot of that. So yeah, I think that when he goes on stage, he does adopt a persona. He's a highly accomplished actor. He's been in many movies, won awards, and um, I, you can see that in his performances. Um. You have just recorded some of his songs. Is there a certain era of, of Tom Waits that you're that you're most drawn to, or that this particular well, tribute is doing? Yeah, um, I think we're mainly focused on his 1980s material for this show. Um, this is a one-off show, by the way, just one special event at Sam Bond's garage on uh, June 1st, Friday, June 1st, and um, we'll t we could talk more about that as we get a little further on, but. Uh, and we, we already had a, have in the back of our minds, I think Noah will agree, that, uh, you know, this won't be the last show, but we're looking at like maybe once every half a year or something like that um, to do another show. And so we'll we'll add different material and maybe even do a whole different kind of approach to Waits um, era. But right now we're looking at Swordfish Trombones, Rain Dogs, um, and especially focused on some of the versions that he did on the live concert film um, Big Time. Well, we're going to listen to a little bit of uh, one of the tracks you just recorded recently, yeah. uh, and it's called Earth Died Screaming. Mm -hmm. I want to say, and Noah, you want to say anything about the, this track or, or about the recording of it? Uh, you know, it's I, I think Tom Waits uses a lot of percussion in his songs and a lot of large metal objects, as uh, John <laughs> alludes to. And this is a, a fun song. Every Everybody... Um, you know, it's playing some kind of percussion instrument for a while, and it, it's sort of loose. And uh, I, th I think a good demonstration of 
really his diversity in, in music. It's the amazing thing about Tom Waits is how different all the material is. It's such a huge musical range, which I think as a musician is really fun to it is to, to play. Cool. Well, let's let's listen to a little bit. This one's called Earth Died Screaming.
some intensity. Dreaming of you is how it ends. Um, yeah, tell me that. It's a big sound. Tell me uh, who's all in the band. Well, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Noah here plays bass. Um, for one, this is the first band I've ever played in that I'm not playing an instrument primarily. I'm just singing, which is really fun. It's a it's a wonderful experience that I recommend to all singer-songwriters out there to at least once in your life do this. Um, it's simultaneously terrifying and liberating. Um, also, I mentioned uh, Devin Newman is playing um, marimba. He is playing a little bit of banjo on a couple of songs and the aforementioned large metal objects. Uh, Noah's son has been a revelation in this band. Uh, Zev Kamrat plays with um, Soul Vibrator and Echo Bass, and does he play with someone else? Animal Lingo. Okay. Yeah. And he's uh, a really good guitar player and singer in his in these other bands, but um, the primary guitar player in the 1980s for for Waits was a guy named Mark Rebo and uh, R-I-B-O-T. And uh, all you guitar players out there, I would urge you to check out the work of Mark Rebo. He's brilliant. Um, so Zev is channeling Mark Rebo here and there, and it's kind of wonderful. I, I, I was kind of shocked at how well he's taken to these parts. Um, we have Mike Gilardi on keyboards uh, doing a variety of different sounds, pianos, organs, different things. Chickens. And chickens. <laughs> Mike played with uh, Sonic Bent, another band that Noah is in with Pat Cavaney. And also uh, has, is with Us and Them, a Pink Floyd cover band, a tribute band, and, and there's a couple other bands he's in. Uh, he's <laughs> it, great. It's Eugene. People play with a lot <laughs> well, of different groups. Very incestuous band scene here. And then last but uh, certainly not least is our drummer, Bo, uh, Bo Eastland, who uh, we recorded this, uh, this material at his studio. He's a great um, engineer and producer. Yeah, it sounds uh, really good. Golden Lab Studios. And he's a great drummer. He's played with, used to play with Concrete Love Seat. He's now been filling in at drums for the Sugar Beats. Plays with Haley and the Moon with Haley Loren, and uh, uh, did play with Satori Bob as well for a while. So we're really fortunate to have this. What I think of as kind of a, a an all star cast just coming together to play this twisted music. So you've recorded, are you releasing a, an album of, of material? We have no plans to do that. This recording was essentially partially for you, and uh, <laughs> so we would have something to play on the air, but uh, also for us to have a little snapshot of what we're doing. It certainly helps, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's hear another track. Um, it's called All the World is Green. Is it an environmental song? Uh, no, it's a, we're dedicating it to Eugene, but uh, you can read that into that however you want. Um, I do want to give a quick little um, intro Kathleen Brennan is uh, has been a co-writer since the late 70s, early 80s with Tom and his wife. And uh, Kathleen was once quoted as saying that Tom only wrote two kinds of songs, Grim Reapers and Grand Weepers. And Earth Died Screaming fits the Grim Reapers category. This one is much more of a, a Grand Weeper. It's a much more beautiful song. Uh-huh. Um, it, well, let's listen, then we'll talk about it. Okay. This is called All the World is Green. A Tom Waits song done by Rain Dogs, a Eugene Tom Waits tribute band. Fell into the ocean when you became my wife. the sea to have a better life Maria all the while 
the plow The question begs the answer Will you forgive me somehow? Baby, when the story's over we'll Go to where it's always spring The band is playing our song again Train of Thought is produced at the studios of Maximo Productions in Eugene. If you want to find out more, email me at rob at robtobias.com. Welcome back to Train of Thought. My name is Rob Tobias. I'm joined by members of a local Tom Waite tribute band called Rain Dogs. Uh, Noah, tell me about what what draws you to Tom Waits' music. Well, so I've always liked Tom Waits. I've always listened to him here and there. And then um, John and I, um, as a Tory Bob, would always play a few songs when appropriate. But the truth is, is that this band has really sort of completely shifted my whole my whole appreciation of of Tom Waits. And I. I now, as a for whatever reason, I'm, I know you both are you know, singer songwriters, so you're probably very focused on lyrics. But like many bass players, I think I, I tend to focus more on the music part of music. Uh, and but there are exceptions, you know, Bob Dylan, obviously. Um, but Tom Waits' lyrics, I think, are just amazing and um, you know really a profound sort of experience listening to his lyrics. It's really like listening to beat poetry, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and so I think I've I've really learned to to see the depth in Tom Waits' music, his orchestration, his different styles, and most importantly, his lyrics, mostly out of Rain Dogs. Really, just the last few months and kind of preparing for this gig. Um, for some people, they might get a little turned off by his gravel. His, you know, he's got this uh, kind yeah. of a voice. Do you try to bring that gravel? I mean. When you when you sing it, or or are you giving your interpretation? Um, yeah, how how much are you actually trying to get inside what it's like to be Tom Waits? Well, uh, we were we had these discussions when we first started this band about are we going to be a copy band? Are we just trying to be who Tom is, or are we going to try to interpret? And my position from the from the beginning has been that I have no interest in trying to copy something that's been done so well already. Um, I've done a lot of songs of other people throughout my music career 
And I was never interested in a note-for-note recreation. I want to interpret as well as I can while keeping the spirit of, of those songs. Um, plus, if I really, really wanted to lose my voice, I would try to perfectly recreate Tom. <laughs> and this, it's so hard to get to that point. Tom is unique. He's singular. No one else is like him. One of the reasons I, I'm a fan. But I no, I'm, I'm trying to remain true to the spirit of what he's doing but without trying to copy him. I assume there'd have to be a lot of cigarettes and, and whiskey involved. Well, <laughs> there's a great story. A, a guy, um, a friend of mine in town who's a, a luthier, uh, told me this story. He was a, a bass player, and he used to play with Tom back in L.A., back in the 70s. And it was, uh, I think he said it was a trio. Is it a trio or a quartet? I don't remember. But they used to play at um, one of these iconic places down in, down in Los Angeles. And... Every night, uh, there would be a, a fifth of whiskey and a couple of cartons of cigarettes on the on the <laughs> piano, and they'd be gone by the end of the night. Wow. And he, he lasted about two or three weeks in this gig. He said I j- he just couldn't keep up with Tom. There was just he was going places. He was trying to go places nobody else was going, and that's how his voice got that way. You know. Plus yeah. he, I think he uh, he had a lot of negative criticism from the press. He went to England for a while and really just kind of lost himself in whiskey and singing loud. And when he came back, he was transformed. So, well, one of the one of the few that I, I've sung this old fifty five, and mm. uh, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, that's the Eagles," you know. So it can be <laughs> yeah. done where somebody can take a Tom Waits tune and just oh, sure. do it, you know, so um, different. Yeah. I, I just wanted to say, despite what John just said, I have shown these songs to some people. And they are like, are you sure that's not Tom Waits singing those songs? So, um, so I think I think um, I think he channels Tom Waits, whether he's intending to or not, at times. Well, and I, I resisted this for a long time because I so back I lived in Wisconsin for five strange years back in the two thousands, and um, <clears throat> while I was there, just a while away, the long winter hours, I formed a band uh, that was a Tom Waits tribute band, and it was all jazz players. And we used to go out and just blast off and drink a lot and in smoky bars and have fun. And we weren't particularly concerned with accuracy or anything like that. But it was it was just fun. And when I got back here, I kind of wanted to distance myself from it. So every time I had a gig, and I, I've, done, I've performed pretty steadily since I've been back, um, somebody would come up to me at the end here and there and they'd say, man, you, you sound just like Tom Waits. And I'm thinking, no, I, I don't. Tom is very, very different. He's very unique. I, I don't Because I have a little bit of gravel, people automatically gravitate to that, you know. And so I was really reluctant to start a Tom Waits tribute band. It took Noah a few years of talking to me about this. And then finally I said, okay, I think Satori Bob is kind of its own thing. It's been fun. It's been fantastic. And it's ongoing. Why not? Let's give this a try. And that's kind of how we got there. It was really, Noah was kind of the... The, the irritant to make this happen so in a good way well we're going to play one more um, recording that you guys did uh, and I, I guess it's actually two songs and it includes uh, a little bit of uh, megaphone it does the second one uh, Tom is no, well known for his megaphone usage and uh, and Noah was kind enough to buy me a, a, mic, a megaphone early in the process uh, investment in the music yes. I think it was like $14 <laughs> no money is not really the point here it's the um... we, I, I was looking I was looking at megaphone you know selection and there and there's quite a range going from you know, really cheap to really expensive yep. and I dawned on me that maybe the really expensive wouldn't actually have the megaphone quality that we really need. So There's not a lot of bands concerned with megaphone quality, and I I can proudly say that I think we're the only Eugene band really concerned with with that that kind of uh, 
musical part. Um, yeah, this song has a, a bunch of different things going on. Singapore is uh, a great little story snapshot of seaside life. Um, and then uh, Zev Kamrat uh, did a beautiful transition, created this little transition between the two songs. And as it moves into a song called Clap Hands, um, then I pick up the megaphone and um, you'll hear how that came out. All right, let's give it a listen, a little preview of what's going to happen at Sambon's Garage on June 1st. <laughs>
there'll be a lot of chances to clap hands at Sam Bond's garage with this band. The Rain Dogs. The Rain Dogs or just Rain Dogs? I think just Rain Dogs. Just Rain and, Dogs. Uh, and no space. Rain Dogs. Um, nice segue, by the way. That was, that was masterfully done. Cool uh, cool sound. So this is live in the studio. How much is this is what it's going to sound like at Sam Bonds? Or did you layer in some of this stuff? No, this is this is a, a recording of a rehearsal. Really? Yeah. So so there's, there's uh, other than the fidelity part of it, there's not a whole lot of studio magic. Um, being done this is pretty much how it sounds great yeah it's uh it it sounds good and it sounds like tom would be would be proud of it well that's i was actually thinking that the other day you know i wonder if i could just we should maybe make a make this recording and send it to him say tom we're thinking of you is he still out performing do you know uh very sporadically he's he just he doesn't tour very often at all um there were rumors he was going to do a little five stop tour with very small venues uh, but that hasn't um, manifested he usually does very short tours uh, 9 to 15 cities um, I happened to see him once on one of his short tours but it doesn't happen often well I hope you get a good crowd at Sam Bonds you were saying you think you th- think Waits is fairly popular in Eugene when I first moved back to Eugene uh, and I, I've moved back here like four different times since 89 so uh, I keep going away and coming back but at this time, it's for good. Uh, I came back in 07, and um, at that point, I, I wish I could remember her name, but there was a woman at Sam Bond's garage who was running a Tom Waits talent night. And so everybody was welcome to, you know, you sign up on a list and come up and and do a song or two or three. And uh, uh, Devin, who was playing banjo with me at the time, came up, and uh, and we, we actually found a bass player. I don't know who he was to this day, uh, but he was going to play some songs with us. We rehearsed once. We went up to do, I think, three songs um, on stage, and the place was packed. I was shocked, and I had been told this had been going on for a few years. Uh, halfway through the performance, the bass player left, and I never saw him again. Um, I don't know what happened there. But we got a really good response, and uh, everyone kept saying, oh, you should do a Tom Waits tribute band, and so that the seed was planted you know, that long ago. Um, cool. But I, yeah, there's a, a real strong undercurrent of support for Waits in this town. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because he is different and unique and singular, but yeah, uh, we're out of time. But thanks for coming in. Oh, thank uh, you, Rob. You've been thank you, Rob. To John Bowman and Noah Camrat of Rain Dogs, Tom Waite tribute. That's band. right. We'll look forward to seeing you all down there, June first at Sam Bond's garage. Thanks for listening. My name's Rob Tobias. This is Train of Thought. Mm-hmm.